Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr., and today I bring you Charlie the Spaniard Brennan. Now, this is the third time that I've had Charlie on the podcast as a guest, his fourth actual appearance, because he interviewed me in episode 10, but I had him on the podcast in episode 4, in episode 217, and now again in episode 235. Why am I having Charlie back on the podcast again? Charlie is one of the most interesting people I know. He reads incessantly. He's a constant learner. He's a lifelong learner. He's always pushing himself, always testing himself physically and otherwise. And if you just look at his background, you'll know. I mean, he was a Division I wrestler, top 12 in the country for Lock Haven University. He uh, then went on to become a Spanish teacher, but quit his job to pursue his goal of becoming a fighter in the UFC. And as a matter of fact, he did that. Not only did he become a fighter in the UFC, he beat the sixth-ranked fighter in the world, uh, was ranked seventh in the world at one point himself. So he's an elite performer. Oh, by the way, he also competed on a TV show called Pros versus Joes, and he was one of the Joes. He was actually one of the, the amateurs, not one of the professional athletes at that time. But he, So he's done lots of interesting things, and he's always pushing himself, and he's always just somebody who I, I call, and he and I talk periodically, and, and you know, probably not often enough, but we, uh, we always have these amazing conversations, and you know, as soon as we jumped on our Skype call here, we started having another amazing conversation. I said, hold on, hold up one second. Let me hit the record button. So I hit the record button, and we are off and running. So here's my interview with Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman. So, Jim, you know, you and I don't talk that often. It's like you're – this is a thing with being an adult. You know, for example, I had a neighbor, and I live next door to my neighbor, and then they moved. We used to see and talk every day. Now we don't ever talk. Nothing happened. We just they our lives took different paths. Yours and my life have different paths. You know, you have your thing, you're doing your thing, mine is my blah blah blah. Every once in a while we connect. And when we do connect, I absolutely love it. it brings me smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> I know, and likewise. I feel like we can talk for hours. The pre-talk that we were just having there, I was thinking, man, if someone from above, if we were a case study, right? <laughs> If we were a case study and people were looking inward, picking, you know, this conversation, our past conversations, they would say, well, I'm going to speak for myself because I don't want to insult you at all. They would say, <laughs> you already, yeah, you're, you're, I'm, I'm ready for an insult. They would say, what is that me or those <laughs> us dummies doing? They're, they, they're, they're trying to do this thing, but they keep stinking trying to do it. And it's working a little bit but they want it to work a lot. These, these guys, they just won't freaking stop. It's like they're banging their head against a cement wall. And the reality of that is the truth. But, and I'm surrounded by books beside me. If you look at a Scott Adams or you look at a Mike Rowe or you look at a Milton Hershey or you look at a Ted Turner or you look at a Mr. Rogers, that's what they freaking do. If you look at a Phil Knight Nike, that's what they do. If you look at the rock, that's what he does. So it's like sure. as silly and whatever is we are, it's like, that's the only way you get stuff done. And, and I think ultimately yeah. that's what Keep you going. are about. Yeah. And, and I mean, let's be honest, like it's working at some level cause we're both doing this full time. You know, I left a six figure job and I'm, I've replaced the income there and it, you know, it's, but it's like, 
we know the potential that we have. Yeah. Right. And I, I always tell people, I'm like, Spaniard's one of the best people on the internet, like best content on the internet. And, uh, I, I always love having you back. So, uh, like we talked about last time, let's keep bringing you back on a regular basis. But what we were talking about that made me go like, we need to, like, I need to hit the record button is we're talking about, like, I do mostly coaching, like 80 to 90% of my business is coaching. So it's basically two things, coaching and speaking. Yours is flip-flopped, right? It's yours is probably close to a hundred percent speaking, right? And I, we, I was talking about, I want to speak more because I, I love speaking. I love when I get up there and I love stepping off the stage and getting good, the good feedback, the positive feedback and impacting lives. And I'm like, man, I just need to do it. I need to do it more. I need to do it on a more regular basis. Cause I get into that groove and I, I equated it to wrestling where, you know, when you learn wrestling, if, if you're just learning moves, you go out and do a wrestling match and you do moves. Well, that won't win you wrestling matches. You have to be able to do the move and then improvise and flow and feel comfortable in that, in every scenario, in every situation. And you only get that by competing or, or wrestling live at least. And the way you, I love the way you described it. Can you describe it the way you did again? Yeah. So it's, it's, and you're right. So I do, I don't know, 90% of my income is through speaking and, and I would like to create it such that, you know, it's a balance between speaking, writing books and podcasting. Like that's my ideal life right there is, is a split of those incomes. But yeah, I like in speaking, you know, once you do it enough and enough and enough, there are, I mean, there are courses that teach you how to speak. Right. And I've, I've never really felt that I've never really felt a need or desire to take that course or do that thing, because to me, it is just like wrestling. You know, it's a, it's a feel thing. It's a developmental thing. It's an expression of yourself type of thing. But I likened, you know, getting good to speaking on a stage as, you know, just imagine you're walking down the sidewalk, right? You're just randomly walking down the sidewalk, getting on stage to me is like walking down the sidewalk, but someone slips a mic in my hand and it's like, I'm just being me. I'm just doing what I'm doing, except now I'm on stage with a mic in my hand. And yeah. to me, it's like seamless. You're just going through your life. Boom. You're on the stage. You hand the mic back. Boom. You're going through your life. So it's a, it really is an expression of, of yourself. And you're doing Facebook lives every day. Well, I adjusted the Facebook lives every day. I still do them a good bit, but I don't do them nearly as much. And that was, you know, this is an interesting business topic here. I absolutely loved doing them. I had a very small following, right? But I had to measure my investment versus the reach. And my investment was every single morning, Monday through Friday at 630, I was hitting yeah, go. And it just, I mean, like in my car, outside. Every time in, I opened up Facebook, yeah, you were there. In the bathroom. So I just not, deleted Facebook. I couldn't even, I couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> More than one person told me something along those lines. <laughs> but I would do it anywhere. And it just got to a point where I was like, okay, what this is putting on my life, this investment and, and impact on my life, I had to look at the numbers, not the value, because the people who were buying into it were really freaking buying into it. But my purpose was... To, to reach a lot, lot, lot of people. And the people that I was reaching measured against the investment that I was putting into it. It just didn't make objective sense. And I decided to stop doing it daily. That's not too far from the idea of professional fighting. I had to look at what I was putting into professional fighting, what I was getting out of professional fighting and objectively decided it's just not, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. So I still produce podcasts every day, but in a different way. Yeah. I told you before we got on this call that I wanted to talk about habits. So 
let's, let's talk about that because that's the topic that constantly comes up in my coaching conversation. That's a topic that we all know that, that we need to either, you know, create better habits, get rid of bad habits, be more consistent with our habits. I just recently recorded an episode 232 on core habits, like core habits, like the key habits that people need to execute on that sort of make everything else easier. And the one, like I'll give you an example, one that comes up constantly in my coaching calls is getting to bed on time. Like when people get to bed on time, like my clients at least, right? When they get to bed on time, they get enough sleep, number one, which allows them to be, you know, productive and focused, et cetera, patient, et cetera, the next day. It allows them to do their workout in the morning or do their prayer or do their journaling, do their, you know, execute on their morning routine. So it allows them to start their day off well. So that's a huge one, right? So for some people, it's like, that's their core habit. It's like getting to bed on time. So for other people, it's doing the workout. For other people, it's the prayer. For other people, it's time with the uh, family. Whatever it is, it's that there's that core habit. I mean, if you've seen that and, and do you feel that way? And, and what's your take on sort of like the one thing or the two things or those, those couple of core habits? Yeah, I, I absolutely buy into that. Now, I, you know, being on the show before, I think I shared some of my ones in the past. So I don't want to just say the same thing, but I will reiterate, you know, the idea of drinking water is a, a keystone yeah. habit. And that, that term keystone habit comes from the book, The Power of Habit. Uh, exercising, the being disciplined and consistent in a variety of ways, whether it's getting up early or whether it's exercising, you know, that I think just implementing discipline and consistency into your life is just an overall good. It's an overall net gain. And I will say this, you know, there's a, because of social media, because of everything, you know, there's a lot of, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. If I see someone getting up early, if I see someone doing this, but I feel like, Oh, I'm slacking. I got to do that too. The idea of getting up early and, and getting your workout in, in the morning, it works for a lot of people. And I'm one of them now in my life because I have two little kids and that's the absolute only free time I get is that time in the morning, but it's not a do or die. I mean, you, 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 as long as you're doing that work, as long as you're consistent in what you're consistent in, I think it's fine regardless of what time of day, but I do think that the going to bed early, getting up early said early to bed, early to rise makes a man and wise it's like that, but it, right. it helps you cut out kind of the, the BS or trim the fat because it makes you not do things that will cut into your night's sleep because then you're going to feel like garbage getting up the next morning. And it just becomes just a, a, a way of thinking. Like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to be fat and bloated. I'm not going to get to bed till 1. I got to get up at 5.30 because my kids are up at 7. Uh, it's not going to work. So you don't do those things. It becomes just a lot more productive and efficient lifestyle. So it's absolutely a part of my life. I, I probably obsess about it more than the average person because I'm obsessive compulsive by nature. But uh, yeah, I absolutely buy into that. So what ha- what are your core habits? I mean, what do you, what do, you do on a regular yeah. basis? So drinking water, that's a big one. I took that from you like episode, I don't know, whatever episode I had you on like two or three or four or something like that way, way back when right here, I have my, my bottle of water right in front of me. It's like, yeah, always from anytime I take a sip of that water, I think this is good for my body. I thought you were going to think about me, but that's fine. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Actually, I I never think about you unless we're doing a podcast. That's fine. Um, Or unless I see something like really dumb and I'm like, oh, Jim, something like that. I was going to say something inappropriate, but I'll say that to a lot Just know that I have a good comeback there. Uh, uh, but it reminds me 
this is healthy for me now. It reminds me also healthy is to exercise and eat nutritious food, et cetera. So it just keeps that in my brain all the time. So I'm going to share like the black and whites that I probably mentioned before, but I'm going to mention some other ones and we will talk about my book, but I'm going to mention some other ones that are come from principles in my book. Like getting up early, going to bed early is pretty regimented. Exercising five, six, seven days a week. The way in which I exercise is very systematic. Reading books, the way I read books is very systematic. Conducting these interviews like Tell you and I are- that. What do you mean systematic? The way you read books? All right, so my show, The Spanish Show, 80% of it is based on the books I read. So I need to speak clearly and concisely about the books I read in an eight minute span, because that's my daily show is eight minutes. So as I read a book, I'm conditioned to read a book such that I can teach the book, right? So that going in, I'm thinking, okay, I'm reading this book. I'm going to teach this book. Okay. Eyes are open for teaching nuggets, right? So just the way I underline things, the way I asterisk things, the way I parenthesis things, that way, when I go back to produce an episode or to lesson plan for an episode, I know parenthesis, that's a direct quote. Okay, there's three direct quotes. Which one do I like better? That one, boom. And it just it's just the way in which I think and the way I highlight my book that lends suit to how I produce my show. How much time do you put into reading every day? I generally do about an hour a day. Okay. And I'm a very slow reader. And so, for example, I'm reading a book, Loser Think by Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. Awesome book. That's a relatively fast read. So it's like one, 1. 1.7 minutes. So like a minute 50 per page. I just finished Empire of the Summer Moon and that was like a three minute, three fifteen minute per page. So you I know I your per page rate. I do because I time it. I clock it. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> obsessive. So great. It's so weird. I think it's more applicable, but thank you for saying it's great. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's the way in which I read and why I read that way to produce the show. Yeah, that's a big one. I know that I want to read more and a lot of people want to read more. I was uh, read an article from the guy who wrote obstacles, the way he goes, the enemy still Ryan, Ryan holiday and his article, you know, people say like, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you find time to read? You know, I want to read more. He's like, well, you don't say that, you know, I wish I had more time to eat every day, or I wish I had more time to drive to work every day, or I wish I had more time to whatever, watch TV. So he's like, his, make, you know, make it a priority. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like, I don't have time. <clears throat> I've, I've said this story before on the podcast, but like talk to Jay Robinson, who was an army ranger. He was an NCAA championship coach for university of Minnesota. Just a uh, tough dude, a guy who I, I respect the heck out of him. And one time years ago, when I, early in my coaching career, I told him, I said something like, I don't have time to do that or something. And he, he looked at me, he goes, it's not that you don't have time. He's like, you have the time. You just haven't made it a priority. And I'm yeah. like, well, he, he doesn't know. He's not, you know, that was just like one of those things yeah. that people say. And then I kind of, it sunk in over the course of, I don't know if it was weeks or months or years, but now, you know, looking back on it, like 20 years later, I'm like, yeah, he had a good point. You know, it really, it's about your priorities. Like I don't have time to blank. You, you need to stop saying that, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I have not prioritized blank. Cause that makes you, when you say, when you make the choice to change your words and saying, I have not, I've chosen not to prioritize that it, it, it empowers you, right? Yeah. It makes you say, Oh, okay, well I am prioritizing, uh, spending time with my kids over reading. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. Maybe it's it's up to you to decide, right? Yeah. I am prioritizing watching the the Steelers games on Sundays. Well, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? You have to choose, right? And it's about your priorities. Yeah, and his new book, Ryan Holiday's new book, Stillness is the Key. It's a tremendous book. 
Love I yeah. talked about it on my show. Uh, but uh, there's two things here. Let's backtrack to a different book, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Great book. One of their principles is prioritize and execute. So I was going to mention that earlier when you asked about habit. You know, this is all based on the idea of prioritize and execute. Whatever the most important things are, boom, and then you execute them. And with Ryan Holiday's book, one of the, you know, it's a tremendous book, but one of my favorite lines, and it pertains to what you said, is in the book, it says, if you treat sleep as a luxury, it's one of the first things to go, mm-hmm. right? So that yeah. you can you can say that with anything. If you treat right. exercise as a luxury, it's one of the first things to go. So the idea is prioritizing execute. Okay, sleep is a priority. In my life, and my wife's life, sleep is a priority. And credit How many hours her, of sleep do you get? I get six, seven. Nearly all the time, six or seven hours of sleep. Okay, so you, do you think six is too few? No, not for me. No, uh, I'm, I'm, Arnold Schwarzenegger said uh, for people, he, he talks about getting six hours of sleep, and he's like, people look at me strange when I say six hours of sleep. He's like, I just tell them sleep faster. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I saw that video. I remember that. I get um, seven. I aim for seven. Yeah, um, I, I, I no, feel fine I, with that. I work with six, but you know, heck, I'm going to take seven if I can get it. See, and here's another thing. We, we have two little kids and my son still at three years old, doesn't sleep well. He's just down in our room last night, like crying about something. So the idea of like never hitting snooze, the idea of, but get a no, you know, no, blah, blah. it's like, ah, you know, man, well, I don't know if everyone's on the same playing field. Cause I'm really tired. Cause my three-year-old hasn't slept in three years and it's like really tiring. So you know, don't get hung up in the concreteness of everything, but the prioritizing execute and then the sleep being a luxury, you're right. Make it a priority. There's no doubt, no question that I'm going to work out. Like no question. The very least, unless something's amiss five days a week, sometimes seven days a week, no matter what, Charlie, we have to go somewhere at eight o'clock and then we're not getting home till 10 o'clock at night. All right. Then I'm either getting up at five or I'm going to work out at 10 PM period. Like there's no negotiation. So, but to, to get it to that point, you so you've really chosen gotta... to make it a priority. You've chosen yeah. to make it something that you do. And now here, here's another problem that I think people run into is if that's your identity, at some level, there's like, like for me, my identity is I'm fit, right? Like that's just like who I am in my head. Like, so right. I don't even know that. I don't even think that I just, that's the water that is a, you know, I use this analogy with someone recently, like. I'm a fish swimming in that water and I don't see the water. Like the fish doesn't know it's in water. Right. So that's just the water that I happen to be in. I don't know that I'm in that water. It's like somewhere in my subconscious, it just happens. Right. And I'm, I'm going through this phase right now where I'm training for a marathon and I, you know, people on the podcast, you you guys, listeners, you've, you've heard me talk about in the past. Like I went through this thought process of I'm not a runner. I'm not good at running. And then I changed my language and I said, I am a runner. I'm starting to enjoy running and that whole thing and ran a half marathon. Well, now I'm running a marathon and I'm shifting my mindset to, I am a marathoner, right? Because I had to run 12 miles last weekend and it's like, that was long, hard run, but I'm a marathoner. So that's kind of what I do. I think people struggle with the idea that they want to create a habit and they say, well, that's not me. I'm not that yeah, thing. That. Right. Is there, I mean, do you have any thoughts on, on creating it? Like you didn't read books to teach them until you started reading books to teach them. Right. Like a couple years yeah. ago, years ago, you yeah. and I had a conversation, you started doing these, these morning, the, the reading and the teachings every day. And that's now kind of part of who you are. Like, how do you make that shift? Someone's like, Hey man, I'm like overweight or I'm not making enough money or I'm not whatever. 
not, I don't have a good relationship with my spouse or how do they break out of that mindset if they don't even see the water that they're swimming in? Yeah. The, and you're actually the, the reason that I have my daily show on, on the Spanish show is I'm because being, I thought. yeah, That's the reason you're my that. purpose in life. Uh, yeah. but other than that, you also are the reason that I started, uh, not the reason for the season either, Jim, the reason for being, no, not that either, but you are the reason that I started doing my daily show because you're like, yeah, you need to create some sort of like daily content or something. And I was like, okay, I'll just do what I read. And that came um, from a conversation that I had with Anthony trucks yeah. who I had on the podcast way back. I'll find that episode and, uh, and put it in there. Cause uh, Anthony trucks, pretty cool dude. He, uh, NFL, former NFL player, but he was doing that every day and every single day. And anyway, that's where the idea came from and you ran with it. Yeah. So the idea of what you just asked, you know, how do you, you make yourself that thing or believe you're that thing, et cetera. And again, this is from a book that I'll be covering next on the Spinner show, loser think he, he talks about, you know, loser think are, I think the actual definition is these small, sneaky mental habits that keep us in our own bubbles of reality. Right. So that's, you know, I am this, I'm not fit. I'm not this, or the world is this, or that guy is that right. We're just talking ourselves into these bubbles of reality. Yeah. So in his book, one of the things he talks about is you are what you do, right? You are your actions. And so I'm going to connect that with what you just said. Like I wasn't always the world's toughest lifelong learner, right? First I said I was, like I said, I was, I actually made up that nickname for myself, right? Douchey or not. That's what I did. <laughs> and then I thought, all right, well now I got to be it. So how do I be it? Well, I'd be it by training insanely. Right. And then I also be it by lifelong learning systematically as I'm not going to say more than anyone else in the world. Cause I, I'm sure that I don't, right. I don't read more books in it, but the way in which I do it makes me believe that I am that thing. So how do you do that thing? It's like you, you might tell yourself I'm a marathoner, but if you tell yourself you're a marathoner and then just sit on the couch and eat Doritos, there's going to be friction between that self-talk and, and the actuality. Right. And it's but, like but that. once you start telling yourself that you, you don't sit on the couch anymore. Like, Oh yeah, I go, I run long miles and, and I'm okay with that. I don't dread it. I actually, when I'm eight miles into a 10 mile run, like I'm a marathoner. And that's, I actually remember having that thought on a long run recently. It was like, Oh, this is, I'm like starting, I was fatigued and my knees were kind of hurt. And I'm like, Oh, I'm a marathoner. So this is okay. Yeah. This is like <laughs> you know? what we do. Right. Yeah. This is what we do. And, and so you know, I believe that, you know, th there's this whole concept, you know, of law of attraction and, you know, being something first and then you do something and then you have, it's like, you can put these words out there and you can start saying, you know, like you, you don't necessarily feel it initially. I feel like the first time you say something, it feels like a lie. The second time you say something, it feels like, okay, well maybe it's true. And the third time you say it, it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, that's true. Like I, I'm a marathoner. Well, that's bull crap. Like you haven't, you know, you did a half marathon once. That's the most you've ever run, yeah. you know, and then you say it a second time, you know, and that second time might be right then or the next day or next week or whatever. And you start to internalize it a little bit. And then like the third time you say, it, you kind of go, yeah, that's, that's who I am. And then it's hard to like sit on the couch and not go for a run because yeah. you start identifying with that. Right. I feel like you really can change how you see yourself. Absolutely. But it, it is 1 million percent has to be backed up by that action. Like yep. just, it doesn't worry. It was not backed up by that action in the, I think it was in loser think as well, but you're talking about this idea that, you know, let's talk about the, the idea that you are what you do. He also talks about tools, seeing things as tools, lost my train of thought there. Oh, but I'll tell you what, here's a perfect example. Like I just moved into, to a house in September and right now I'm sitting in my evolving office. 
right? And like I, doors had to be finished, and yeah, you're in a different ceiling, office. The yeah, last time I saw you, ceiling put on, all this different stuff. And I was like, this was a, a revelation that is exactly what you just said. I was sitting there, I was like, man, I wish I was a handyman. And then I was like, f that. How, like, how do handyman men become handyman? They do stuff. Why don't I just do stuff? Like, why don't I just do stuff? Yeah. And then I'll be a handyman in ten years. I'll be a handyman. Like, I hate, I hate saying like. You know, I wish, you know, I, I would love for my kids to say, yeah, my dad could fix anything, but they can't. Right. So then what do I got to do? Well, I got to learn how to fix stuff. So I had my neighbor, great neighbor. He said, no, I'll help you do this stuff. So I was with him yesterday and we put up running boards and casing around my door and the doors. Now I can't look at my freaking house the same because I see how it's made. And I'm like, yeah, oh, right. Well, they should have done this. So you just become what I know today compared to what I know yesterday regarding a door and baseboards is night and day, but you've yeah. got to do that thing. Yeah. It's funny aside. Like, I feel like these days we're like cheating, like yeah. YouTube and everything. There's everything out there. Like my dad, my dad could fix anything. I mean, anything. Right. And I can kind of fix anything now, but it's like, well, I can go on YouTube yeah. and Google how, you know, Google, like, why is my washing machine making this funny noise? Oh, it's this one part. And I literally did this a couple weeks ago. Is this one part. You take like three screws off, you unclip a clip, you take the, the case, the, the, the uh, housing off and like you fix this, put this new part in and you put it back. And it's like, literally it was like a half an hour job. Ooh. And like my dad could have like figured that out. It would have taken him longer time. But like, I feel like it's kind of cheating now. No, but it's not. It's not cheating, dude, because think of cooking. Cheating. You know, is it cheating to use a nonstick pan today? Is it cheating to use a refrigerator because yeah, 100 a hundred years point. ago they couldn't use? No, it's just like you looked at YouTube. Your dad looked at, I don't know, went to the library or word of mouth from his yeah, father, grandfather. Yeah, had to figure it out, you know, but get his it's hands like dirty. We now have all this. And honestly, the amount of professional. I'll say contractors or in that line who say, yeah, just watch YouTube. You know, like the amount of professional people who say that, I'm like, oh my God, like this is an actual tool to learn how to do stuff, even for legit people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Spaniard, one of the things that you are, you're a writer. And yeah. so I want to talk about your new book. But before that, how do you get in? How, how do you become a writer? Right. Yeah. Was that a habit going back to kind of the habit thing? Like, is that a habit that you had to create and how did you do that? And how did you prioritize that? I mean, this is just, you, you came out with your second book recently, which I want to talk about here in a second, but talk about the habit of writing and how do you become a writer? Yeah, that's a really good segue from uh, completely coincidental that you created a nice segue, Jim, yeah, but I, it, it was a nice segue from the idea of becoming something, you know, I, it would have been laughable to me 10 years ago if you just said you're going to be an author and you're going to be an author of multiple books. Yeah, right. I'm not an author, dude. I'm Charlie the wrestler. Like, that's who I am. And then, uh, and then post fighting, like right when I finished, and I don't think I've told this story in your show, but post fighting, it, it was like, all right, what am I going to do now? And then my, just a, a feeling or a re you know, like talk a lot about what we do about reading the audience or what do they want from you or just keep your eyes open. And I had just been asked a lot of questions. Fighting professionally is a very curious sport and people want to know about it so much so that my next book might be fight stories where I just write stories about all of my professional fights. But so I thought, all right, well, I've been asking enough questions. Don't really know what I want to do. I, I love connecting with and inspiring people. I'll write a book. So I, I just made that decision and made it a priority and sat down in front of my computer, which is the hardest thing for people to do. 
And I just started writing. And then I took that initial, I don't know, 15, 25,000 words, pass it on to my sister, who's an English teacher, pass it on to Dredd, who is my partner and all this stuff. And, you know, they sent back. My sister said, well, this section should be over here. You should take that section out. You should add more to that section. Dredd did that, too. And and then before you knew it, I had my first book, I think, you know, it's about 30, 35,000 words. Published it. Boom. Dredd. And you know who helped me a lot? Coit Cooper. So Coit's a mutual friend of ours. He's in this business as well. You know, he had already published a book. So I called him and said, Coit, how do you publish a book? Coit on episode number two. You didn't get on until number four, by the way. I just looked. You know, that's okay. Because you were way back and forth. And actually, listener, I don't know when you're publishing this, Jim, but I'm publishing an interview with Coit tomorrow, which is Thursday, the 23rd. Yeah, that will be so... Yeah, this will be published way after that, probably a couple of weeks after that. So go back and check out that interview. Coit's awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. written a couple of books now too. Yeah. Speaking, crushing it. And uh, so he shared his information. Dread knew how to do some stuff. I've always been resourceful in looking at the people in my life and and you know thinking like, he might know how to do that. I'm going to ask him how you do that, right? And then Dread had all these skills. So boom, we 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 produced a book and then... I am legitimately an author and it was like, well, yeah, two time author. And it's like, whoa, that's awesome. How that happened. Well, I just sat down and wrote and then I did the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then boom, you hit publish and you're an author. So tell us about the book. So the first book is called driven my unlikely journey from classroom to cage. And that is my story, personal story. My intent was to write it for the people in my community because they, they had supported me since I was a kid wrestler. and, And it was like, Here's kind of a summation of what I've been doing, and this is the life of professional fighting. And then my next book, which is I absolutely love this book. And at first I felt kind of a little bit um, self-indulgent or whatever, saying I love my own book. But it's like I wouldn't anything I do, I wouldn't put out there unless I loved it. Like I, I just I love this book. It's called Becoming the World's Toughest Lifelong Learner, a book for anyone who wants to pursue anything. So the, the idea is pursuit. It's a mix of a memoir, my life, because my vision is to write a series of memoirs as I continue to evolve and develop my life. And then it's also a how to how to pursue something. There's a there's a section on guiding principles. There's a section on taking action, things that I did. There is a theme of speaking and podcasting involved in it. But really, I adapt those professions to pursuit. And I share some really, uh, really fun behind the scenes stuff that I know that you would smile at because it's like we're just figuring this stuff out. In the end, you'll have a polished little stone. But getting to that point, man, it's like looking back, it's fun and hilarious, but boy, is it trying. Yeah. Well, I've got my copy. I haven't read it yet, but it's, uh, it's on my stack of uh, books to read and right next to my bed. So where can we find it? Amazon, of course, right? It's probably yeah. the best place. Yeah. Amazon. If you just search my name, Charlie Brenneman and, or, uh, becoming the world's toughest lifelong learner, you can, you know, you can get a copy. And it's also interesting. You mentioned Coit or we mentioned Coit. He just published his book, flip the script not too long ago. And I'm able to recognize that Coit is a lot better at me than certain things. He's a lot better at promoting and marketing his book and building steam around his book. And he made a post, you know, not too long ago with, with the sales and and how many sold and how it was going well. And I've sold, you know, not even one tenth of that. 
And so, you know, I put, this is like a, a reality of this business. I put so much work into this dread put so much work into this heck my testimonials from joe DeSena of spartan race and from leif babin co-author of extreme ownership so it's like it's a legit yeah, pretty book. awesome people I, yeah ben Askren just posted about it yesterday so it's like it's a legit book with legit people saying this is a good book so the sales aren't great but it's like man in the big picture i want to I, I just i i i'm really proud of this book and i believe in the long run um you know, it'll, it'll get its, its value will be seen. Well, I will say this, like I've always told people that you have the best content on the internet. I haven't read your second book yet. Obviously I've read your first book. Marketing is not the thing that you love to do. Like you are just you, like you're the authentic you. And that's why I love having you on the podcast so much. That's why I love just chatting with you, you know, whether it's uh, when the record, the buttons hit, you know, the record buttons on or, or off, but you were just you and, and, and you poured your heart out and, uh, and you put out good stuff, man. So I love it. I encourage the listeners all to check out your book, your newest book and your other book and uh, check out your podcast, check out your website. How can people find you, follow you, et cetera, et cetera, Charlie? Yeah, I make it as easy as possible. My name is Charlie and nickname is Spaniard. So charliespaniard.com is my website. At Charlie Spaniard is my handle on all social media. And then uh, the books on Amazon, The Spaniard Show. I produce, I think, seven episodes a week. That's five daily episodes where for eight minutes I talk about the book I'm reading. On Tuesdays, I talk about a kid's book that I read or in or am reading. And then on Thursdays, I put out interviews with guests such as yourself, Jim. Yeah. And uh, that's the Spaniard show on iTunes, etc. And for those of you who are listening and not watching the, um, um, this is our fir my first sort of test in putting a recorded video interview on YouTube. So of course you can check this out over on YouTube, but Charlie has this pair of UFC gloves hanging behind you. Where can I buy a pair of those? I want to get one of those behind. Like next time I have yeah. you on, so you I want a pair you of just, UFC. Just just jump on just Amazon. Go to your go to your local UFC UFC store. Uh, okay. Get a pair. Punch yourself in the ear. Get some cauliflower ear, and then okay. just tell um, everyone that you're a UFC fighter. And then that's that's how it works. Exactly. I do also want to point out, Jim. Uh, you didn't comment on my attire. It was not intentional. But when I did look <laughs> in the mirror, I have a classic gray sweatshirt with a neck collar, pop collar. A, the pop collar of an Under Armour uh, kind of dry fit. It's not because I think it's fashionable. It's because in my new office, I haven't figured out the heating situation yet. And uh, <laughs> I'm really You are pretty bundled up. I did notice that. You've got your earbuds on. Oh, those are, those are headphones. No, they're recorded. Yeah, they're, they're headphones. Uh, what does your shirt say? Academy? Is it yeah, Gracie? This is, yeah. So I tell you, this is on the back. It says Gracie across the shoulders. My daughter's name is Gracie. And so this is a very, 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 very sentimental sweatshirt. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a Gracie jujitsu sweatshirt. But, you know, the other day I had my daughter. So my son, his name's Rocky. And he was, he put my Rocky sweatshirt on and it looked so cute. I was like, let me take a picture. But so I took a picture and then my daughter was like, take a picture of me in it. And I was like, no, I'm going to get you the Gracie sweatshirt. So I had her <laughs> nice. take the Gracie sweatshirt, but so is that how you name your kids? You got to have sweatshirts with their name on them. Not well, my wife, my, my wife yeah. took care of the, uh, the Gracie that was all her and it had nothing to do with jujitsu, but yeah, my, me and my son, obviously that was a little bit to do with me we were watching it last night and my wife was like please stop please stop because i was jumping around like boxing and 
doing all the uh, it was Rocky three that was on. It was the uh, the beach scene and the <laughs> him and Adrian talking. Oh my gosh, dude! I just I love that stuff. So if I send you a sweatshirt with my name on it, would can I get maybe a kid named after me? That's fine. We don't have to. I don't think so. Maybe it if it was you don't Jim, have like, to commit to it on air. I know it's awkward to say maybe, yes, but maybe if it was Jim like G Y M. Okay. But I don't right. know about we can, like we can work on that. Okay, we can work on that. <laughs> this is like bad, right. bad dad joke after bad dad <laughs> joke. It's great. It's great. All right, let's wrap it up, Spaniard. I appreciate you making time to come on, man. As always, I just uh, just love the conversations. Love how you live your life. So keep it up. For the listener, as always, you can download the action plan from this episode. Just go to jimharshowjr.com slash action and get the action plan from this episode and actually every other episode, including episode number four where we had the Spaniard on before. And then we had you on, when was that? Yeah, it was another one too. That would be fun to listen to all three of them back to back to back and see. Like a a series. So that episode was 217. 217 was the uh, last time we had you on. So for the listener, as always, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path.